Welcome into the first ever post-game edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. I am Damian Barling. I appreciate you so much for tuning in as the Sacramento Kings wrap up their first preseason win of the season, a 105-88 victory over the Phoenix Suns at the Golden One Center in Sacramento tonight. Plenty to digest here uh, from this game. Uh, first of all, 90, uh, 88 points, it's that's a plus, and the fact that the Sacramento Kings gave up uh, 262 uh, in their previous two games. And all kidding aside, uh, that's something that Luke Walton uh, spent a lot of time talking to his team about. It was something that Luke Walton spent a lot of time uh, talking to the media about, and that was defense. We knew that defense was going to be an emphasis here in this game against Phoenix. We knew that defense was going to be an emphasis uh, through the remainder of the preseason. We are aware of what Luke Walton was saying headed into training camp that, hey, it's defense, it's defense, it's defense. We had heard all of the stories about training camps opening up with defense. Each of the four practices before the team went to India opened up with defensive drills. Uh, and the first two preseason games weren't rewarded with much of a defensive effort. Now, there are a lot of there's a lot of factors at play here when you talk about the Kings' defensive effort in India. It could be as simple as... They were playing in India. It could be as simple as uh, they had only practiced together for a couple of days. Obviously, they, they've got those two games under their belt, and they were able to get a couple of more practices in here before taking on the Phoenix Suns. And it, it was very noticeable, particularly at the beginning. Uh, obviously, let's start there at the beginning. Uh, starting lineup is the same. Uh, it looks like this is going to be the starting lineup moving forward uh, for Luke Walton and the Sacramento Kings. Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, Dwayne Dedman, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and Buddy Heald, I don't think any real surprises there. We got some pretty good minutes from Bogdan Bogdanovich, as you'd expect, uh, on an 82-game basis. We saw a lot of Rashawn Holmes. We're going to talk a lot about him today uh, as well, and Trevor Ariza. Now, there's there's no way to really kind of you know gauge the closing lineup like there was in uh, the first game of the preseason because it wasn't close. Uh, the Kings had a pretty good command. I, I, there were some points where you're getting a little nervous and you're thinking, oh, no, they're not going to blow this lead again, are they? Uh, particularly there in the third quarter, they were outscored 33-25. to 25, But uh, ultimately, the, the the Kings jumped out ahead in the first quarter, 29-16. to 16, And a lot of it was, uh, one, Phoenix is a disaster. Like I, I thought Phoenix, I, I expect Phoenix to be better as the season progresses. Uh, but watching them tonight reminded me, I don't think very highly of Devin Booker. I think people are in love with the scoring, and I don't think that he's particularly a great scorer. I think he's a dude who gets the ball a lot on a bad team. And to Luke Walton's credit, he recognized that, uh, and they were able to shut the Phoenix Suns down pretty early. Uh, the Kings got out to a 29-16 to 16 point lead uh, in the first quarter, and, and Phoenix shot 33% from the field, uh, and one of eight from three in the first quarter. Uh, Kings also forced seven turnovers. It was noticeable. It was noticeable to the folks in the crowd. It was noticeable, though, for 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 those who were watching on the live stream. If you were paying attention to the game at all, you saw a lot more movement on the defensive end, uh, particularly at, at the beginning of the game. You saw a lot more movement on the defensive end uh, with the starting five and what I would expect to be like the, the, the starting seven or eight players once you start factoring in Bogdan Bogdanovich, Trevor Ariza, and I think Rashawn Holmes here at this point. But it, it was clear uh, the emphasis on defense that Luke Walton has been talking about, it it, it was there, if at no other place, uh, than to start the game. 
shops stop falling for the Sacramento Kings. There's a couple of notes, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that, that, that you could be concerned about if, if you want to be. I, I don't really think you have to be. Um, early in the fir- early in the game, probably through the first half, the Kings were in single-digit free throws. They ended 20 of 25, but I think that's because the referees just really enjoyed the sounds of the whistle tonight. They wouldn't stop blowing the freaking whistle the entire second half of the game. Uh, but there, it, it felt like the Kings, at, the, at least in the first half, even, even with those 29 points uh, in the first quarter, they weren't aggressive. Um, and they weren't nearly as aggressive as they were in their previous two games against uh, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, but that, I guess, sort of corrected itself or, or, or the referees just started calling a tighter game. I'm, I'm not really sure what it was, uh, but they eventually got to the line a lot more. When, that's something that you want to keep an eye on if you're a Kings fan. You want them to get those free points uh, from the foul line. They're shooting significantly better percentages than they have uh, at any point last year who, through the first three games of the preseason. And you want them uh, to have those free points. Um, and they were able to get those going in the second half. Again, they, they established control at the very beginning of the game. Uh, you started to wonder there in the third quarter uh, if things were going to get away from them. I had mentioned Devin Booker. He had 18 points on 16 shots. DeAndre Ayton had 10 points. I, I don't know. This th- There's a lot of work ahead for Monty Williams and in, 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 in that Phoenix Suns team. Uh, we do have a couple of double-digit rebounders to point out for the first time here in the Sacramento Kings preseason. Marvin Bagley, uh, he pulls down 13, and Dwayne Dedman pulls down 11. Uh, Again, we only have the two games in India to work with, no double-digit rebounders in either of those games. Marvin Bagley, 25 minutes, uh, he was able to, uh, he had more rebounds than he had points, actually. 13 rebounds, uh, 12 points, a fun game uh, from Dwayne Dedman. We saw him pull up for three. Uh, on a couple of occasions, I, I I I don't know how regular you want that shot to be if you're Luke Walton, uh, but he certainly wasn't shy about taking it as he had uh, seven points to go along with his eleven rebounds. So you know numbers to watch, the rebounding number, right? They were out rebounded by what was it, seventeen and sixteen respectively in the first two games of the season. Well, they out rebounded the Phoenix Suns uh, here in the third game of the preseason, uh, fifty nine. To 43. So we've got small, we've got small barometers to look at. We've got small numbers to look at. We, we, we've got, you know, like little, little growth charts that we can use with the Sacramento Kings. Well, what was your concern after, you know, game one? What was your concern after game two? Now game three, you start seeing some of those concerns uh, addressed. And I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to minimize the two games in India as if they were nothing, but you do have to kind of take them for what they were. Uh, they were games, um, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away on, you know, at the very beginning of training camp um, in, in, a, in a setting in which the Sacramento Kings, the coaches, the organization, they, they were tourists. Yes, that's, that's what they were doing. They could categorize it as a, as a business trip all you want to. And to a certain degree, it, it, it was a business trip, but the least important part of the trip was the actual game that was played. Uh, the fact that you got into India and got out of India playing two games with no one getting hurt, that's a win. Kings walked away from that India trip 2-0 in my mind. Uh, so, you, you, you know, you get back a couple of days to recharge. You get back at practice. 
the the King's focus was clear. Luke Walton made it very clear from the moment he started talking to the media. Yep, we watched the film. We know what's there. We know what we saw. Uh, we're going to attempt to correct those issues here uh, in training camp. And again, if you're able to go back and watch the beginning of this game, you see a whole lot of movement on the defensive end. And I want to be very careful about using the word energy. I think energy sometimes is is used to substitute for certain words. When you, when you can't find a lack of a better word, you just say, oh, the team had better energy. I don't know that the team had better energy tonight against the Phoenix Suns on the defensive end. I think they had more direction. I think they knew what they were going out to do. Like we've talked in the past about, you know, resorting to what you're comfortable doing. And then the Sacramento Kings case, what they're comfortable in doing is running. They're comfortable in, in running. They're comfortable in getting up the three. They're, they're comfortable in, in, in getting up shots at a quick rate. Uh, they're not comfortable expending uh, that same type of energy on the defensive end. And I wondered if that's kind of where things went awry for him in, in India is when you know, you're, you're, you're trying to apply a defense that you're just kind of learning, but the Pacers are pushing you a little bit, and all you want to do immediately is push back. Oh, the Pacers want to hit a couple of threes. All right, well, we're going to come down and hit a couple of threes, and all of a sudden you're in a 132-131 to 131 shootout. And after getting a couple of more practices in, you see, okay, the team has direction here. You, you you see where they're going. You see the type of effort they're providing. And again, uh, much like we saw in, in, in the previous two games, you saw them put out that big number in the first quarter. Put up 29 points in the first quarter. And then it and then it went down there in the second. And this isn't about you know who's playing in the game and who's not. Like you're you're going to get a, a healthy dose of Rashawn Holmes in the regular season. You're going to get a healthy dose of of Trevor Ariza and and Nemanja Bjelica. I think in, in, in the regular season as well as of course Bogdan Bogdanovich also. But the, those those guys are going to be expected to to carry the, the the scoring load. There shouldn't be a big drop off. Uh, when Buddy Heald and, and Marvin Bagley and that starting lineup starts to cycle itself out and uh, the bench comes in, there shouldn't be a big scoring drop-off there, especially with Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, coming off the bench and potentially being y- your sixth man. So you want that, sa- it's going to be difficult for them to maintain that same first quarter energy on both sides of the floor, which is ultimately, I, th- I think it's kind of what we saw happening. We saw a decrease in scoring in in the second quarter, we saw a whole lot of shots uh, falling up short. And then the third quarter came, and that was the one where, you know, Monty Williams coming out of halftime, he had a game plan to attack the Sacramento Kings, which he was able to do. He just wasn't able to carry it on to the fourth quarter. The Phoenix Suns put up 33 in the third, and then they put up 18 uh, in the fourth. And while I will absolutely credit the 16 points in the first quarter uh, that the Phoenix Suns scored, I will credit the Sacramento Kings defense for that 16 points and uh, the 18 points that the Phoenix Suns scored in the fourth quarter. That was just poor execution on their part. And that was, the, the, I don't know if they were tired. I don't know if those were some dead legs and maybe it was the Kings defense that were forcing them to move around a little bit more than they wanted to. But even when they made that run, they being the Phoenix Suns, even when they made that run in the third quarter, it never felt like they had a flow to their offense. There were various points uh, throughout the game where it was like, oh, okay, the, that that what what you're used to seeing from the Kings is there. What you want to see from the Kings is there. That flow is there. I never felt like it was there from Phoenix. It just felt like every once in a while Phoenix would hit a couple of baskets and that would be that. And then there was a stretch where they stringed together a couple of baskets. 
and it was never like, okay, well, they cut the lead. I don't feel like the Kings have fallen on their face yet. So I I, I never got the feeling that the Kings were going to lose this game as, as uncomfortable uh, as the Phoenix Suns may have made it there on various points because I never thought the Suns got into a rhythm. The Kings at multiple points throughout this game had rhythm. Uh, their next game will be coming up on Monday in Utah against the Utah Jazz. Just a couple of preseason games left before the regular season is here. Uh, as you're all well aware of, uh, Harry Giles, again, did not play. Uh, he hasn't practiced uh, all this week. And looking at Roshan Mahomes and you know his perfect stat line, a 5 of 5 from the field uh, in, in his 20 minutes of play, six rebounds. Man... We talked about Nemanja Bialica and the way that he played. Now, there was, there's a steep drop-off between India Nemanja Bialica and Golden One Center Nemanja Bialica. He played 19 minutes, but you, you wouldn't know it. I actually, there was a point in the fourth quarter where I was wondering, like, hey, did Nemanja play today? Like, where's Belly? And I had to pull up the box score to see, oh, yeah, he's played 19 freaking minutes. Okay. Got a couple of rebounds. I mean, he he you know he he made his presence felt on the glass, but he was a scoring threat uh, in the first two preseason games. He was he was very much not a scoring threat uh, tonight at the Golden One Center. Uh, Trevor Ariza, twenty one minutes for him. Uh, he's still looking to shoot the three. He's not shy. Oh, here's another number to count. We talked about uh, where the Sacramento Kings are with rebounding. They got the edge uh, tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, we look at that thirty five three per game barometer that Luke Walton has kind of put us all along on alert on. Uh, they were 11 of 31 tonight. 11 of 31 uh, from three for your Sacramento Kings. Uh, Yogi Farrell hit three of those, as did Bogdan Bogdanovich. Two of five for Buddy Heald, leading scorer of the night. De'Aaron Fox in his 29 minutes of play. He had 18 points. No one actually shot the ball particularly well. Uh, Phoenix, as, as we noted, was they were disastrous. Like they, they were terrible. They were terrible offensively. They were terrible defensively. Uh, they shot 18%. From three, they shot 31% from the field. Uh, the Sacramento Kings shot 41%. And if you had asked me, uh, plus or minus 40% for the Sacramento Kings uh, from the field, I would have gone. I, 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 if you had set the over under at 40%, I would have gone under because it felt like there were so many stretches where they were missing so many baskets. And again, you look at you look at De'Aaron Fox's stat line here. You look at the box score, and you know Buddy Heald five of 15. That's that's a bad look. Six of 15. Uh, for De'Aaron, it's eight. It's all good when you walk away with a win, but when you're looking for 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 positives to pull out of this game, this was just one that was it was ugly. There there, there are positives to take away, as we we said. The you know the rebounding numbers. Um, uh, there are Rashawn Holmes. You know there, there are certainly positives that you could take away from this, but otherwise, it just kind of feels like a game that was played. You know, and, and and I'm sure Luke Walton and his coaching staff, they're going to go over this film. You know, 25 turnovers, that's that's way too high of a number. They actually lost. I mean, the Phoenix Suns had less turnovers uh, than the Sacramento Kings did. But again, the Suns were such a disaster defense, or such a disaster offensively and defensively for that matter, that those 25 turnovers didn't seem to do much damage. Again, the Sacramento Kings win 105-88. to uh, And as close as the game got, still, those 25 turnovers were never... Uh, a major factor here. Uh, so there are, again, pluses and minuses in this game, but it really feels like one that's just there. I think they're going to be, I don't think, they they very much should be uh, tested significantly more uh, when they take on the Utah Jazz coming up next week, a team that 
uh, many people think could win the Western Conference, uh, a team that many people think are going to take a giant leap forward, made a lot of acquisitions, little pieces here and there. Uh, to their uh, to their roster here during this past free agency period, the addition of Mike Conley, uh, obviously Donovan Mitchell's there. They've 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 got quite a bit going on uh, that people around the league are very very high on. So I'm anxious, uh, just as much as I'm anxious to see uh, what the Sacramento Kings do next. I'm anxious to watch uh, the Utah Jazz for the first time. Uh, they've got the other Bogdanovich over there too. He made his way from 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 Indiana uh, to go along with Donovan Mitchell and 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 Mike Conley and and, and the rest of the group that's there. Uh, so it's a team that that, that uh, the NBA world uh, is very very high on, and it's who the Sacramento Kings have next. So we'll see how that uh, shapes out. We had brought up Harry Giles just a moment ago, and we brought up the play of Rashawn Holmes. I don't know the status of Harry Giles. It's it's the strangest thing we talked about on the last podcast. Like, hey, it's you know, I, I get why they didn't why he didn't go to India. Like, I'm 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 still a bit surprised, but like that's fine. There, MRI, no new findings. Like, all right, cool. But he didn't practice this week, and I think I told you, all right, like I'm not really concerned. Like, he didn't go to India. Like, you you can understand it. You you heard Luke Walton talk about all oh, the forty hours of travel is just not conducive to getting the knee healthy and all of that other stuff. It's like, cool. Well, if he plays on Thursday, it's no big deal. Well, today's Thursday or depending on when you listen to this Thursday is coming gone and he didn't play. So it's like, okay, wait a minute. He, he didn't play in the game. And he didn't practice either. So is this just like, like, like knee soreness? Cause again, MRI, no new findings. So what are we dealing with here? Uh, with Harry Giles, because we haven't seen him play basketball uh, since early March, like really, really early March. And now you've got a situation where Sean Holmes is balling. Like Rashawn Holmes is that high energy guy. That 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 front court is getting really crowded. Like Rashawn Holmes is playing well. And the mind you be elite not, not his best night, but I think he had two good nights against the Pacers. Not, not really a good scoring night tonight. Did walk away with five rebounds. Uh, and then, of course, you've got, you know, Marvin Bagley, uh, Dwayne Dedman. And you've, I guess, got to work Harry Giles in there somewhere. And maybe, maybe the crowded, maybe the crowded front court uh, allows Luke Walton to just kind of pick and choose when Harry Giles plays. I, I don't think that's the the soundest of strategies as we've talked about before and have, you know, as Garrett Temple has told us before, as, as, as professional athletes have said many times, when you don't really know what your role is, it's difficult. Like it's, it's, it's difficult to say, Hey, go save the game for us and play, you know, 15 to 20 minutes tonight. Uh, but you're probably going to get a DNP CD on the next box score. You know, that's, that's difficult for these guys, and I think it's difficult for anyone in any line of work. Like, if you go into your job and you really have no idea what your boss wants from you, <laughs> like, that's tough. Like, you could be sitting on the sidelines for the big presentation, uh, or you could be, you know, at the helm of the presentation. You're not really going to know until you get there and the presentation is going on. That's tough. Like, that's tough in any walk of life, and that's going to be tough for Harry Giles. So how he's able to work him in whenever he's able to work him into the starting lineup is it's it's or not starting lineup excuse me into the lineup into the rotation it's going to be a really fascinating thing to watch 
And I know we've talked a lot about Harry Giles on this podcast. I didn't expect him to be such a I, – I, I take that back. I did expect him to be a story here headed into the season, but I didn't expect this to be the story. I didn't expect his lack of playing and lack of practicing. I, I, I didn't expect that uh, to be the story, but, but so far it is. Uh, and, and, and that's where we are. That's where we are after the Kings drop uh, a couple of games uh, in India. They are able to get back here to the Golden One Center and grab a win against the Phoenix Suns, as we noted. Next up, the Utah Jazz. Uh, so this was our, our, our first little post game, our first little post game press conference. Our first, our first little post-game show here. Hope you dug it, man. I'm, I'm really not sure what these are going to look like moving forward. There's not really any, uh, I said, post-game press conference. There's no press conference sound to bring you, which is something uh, that we intend to do here during the regular season. We'll make sure that uh, we're hooked up to the sound at the arena and we can bring you, uh, you know, Luke Walton talking and we can bring you all of the, you know, important figures talking. But uh, I got nothing for you tonight. It's just me. So I appreciate you so much for tuning in. Uh, is we will be, uh, man, we're getting closer and closer uh, to the regular season. We'll do another show. I'm not going to, sh- I'm not, I'm not positive how we're going to approach uh, the Utah Jazz game yet, only because I don't know if I'm going to be able to see the Utah Jazz game. Now, I, I do have a, you know, there are sneaky ways to, to get a feed that might not be readily available for you. You just have to know where to look. Uh, if I can get that feed, uh, I will absolutely do a post-game press conference. Also, or uh, I keep saying press conference, but keep doing a post-game show. Uh, also, uh, expect some guests coming up here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to the regular season. Uh, Going to start call, calling in the big guns and get their thoughts here uh, on how the preseason went uh, and what they all think about the upcoming regular season. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't. Uh, Make sure you rate and review if you haven't. And if you have, I appreciate you so much for being here. I am Damian Barling. This is the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.